this week on the Roommates Podcast. When we base our life and our happiness off of likes yeah. or followers or girls, number of listens, girls, girls fl- flirting yeah. with us, yeah. whatever, like yeah. that's when we get trapped. Yeah. And we have to play the game of like wearing a mask yeah. to try to get that, seek that approval. But when we can be just fulfilled with knowing that like I'm on a mission to do something meaningful in the mm-hmm. world. Whether it be my job, I'm on a mission to help you know our company reach this goal. The accounting department. Yeah, <laughs> shout out. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. But we're on a mission. I feel like we're less focused on needing this approval, you know, because it doesn't matter what people think. Mm-hmm. We're just inspired by our life, mm-hmm. making an impact. <laughs> Yo, what's good world? It's your boy, Hafiz. Chris, the star of the show, baby. And welcome, 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 yes. welcome to the Roommates Podcast. Yo, guys, I love it. You know what I love, Chris? What do you love? I love it when they <laughs> always tell us where they're from. Mm. I just think that's just so dope. And this, yeah, we got, we, got, we got people everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, so guys, that's keep crazy. on telling us where you're from. Yes. Because this one guy actually called us out. Did I tell you about that? No, you did not. So he told me. Okay. That I kept on saying, yo, what's good, America? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's, 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 it's worldwide. It's worldwide. Seven different continents. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can't say America yeah, no more. So you said, yo, say, it's worldwide. It's planet Earth. Type yeah, thing. we were going to say planet Earth, but we thought like America would be cooler. Uh, yeah. No, we thought world would be cooler. Wor- world. Worldly. World. Yeah. So, and welcome to the Roommates Podcast, a late night conversation taking you behind the scenes of becoming, featuring all the interesting people, perspectives, and conversation you experience on the way. Also, also known it's the best hour of your week. Where you are. Entertaining like a stand-up. Entertaining like a TED Talk and... Entertaining like a sermon. You know what's kind of crazy? What is that? We don't ever prepare how we're going to do it. We just got to go. we just do it. We like, gotta go. I don't know who's going to say what, who's going to do it. We just go. Just not, but I'm done. That's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you guys, were you guys street performers before? <laughs> I wish, man. I feel like that was my original calling. That is Actually, how street performers do it. Well, For real? What do you we'll want to like when you go and do it, uh, anywhere I go around the world, the street performers do an introduction like that. Yeah. Well, they'll talk to the audience mm. and someone will jump, like the four other guys will jump <laughs> in and say like a word. Got you. You guys ready for the big show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like they get everyone involved. Yeah. All those guys, it's all those guys who are doing like the back like uh, tricks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah Jumping yeah. over 10 people. <laughs> yeah. Oh. They, they do that type of introduction. Jumping over, huh? 10? 10 people. <laughs> yeah, now nah, I got to see that. Yeah, that's a performance right there. Yes. So, Chris. Yes. We are really excited. And we say this all the time. We do say this all the time. We need a new, what's the adjective? Adverb. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> what else going on right It's amazing. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but honestly, world, you guys are going to be super blessed. I like how you say world. World. I know I was yeah, going to say yeah. America, but I call it myself. <laughs> you guys are going to be super blessed about a brand yep. new roommate. I'm so excited about bringing mm-hmm. him on to the show. He has such a powerful message. Mm-hmm. He has such a beautiful heart. And I'm just, words can I describe? <laughs> by yes, yes, my excitement yes. about the yes, one yes. and only Lewis House. Welcome sure. to the show, Lewis. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. No problem. No Man. problem. So, Lewis, you're somebody who, yep. I've always said this, there's a lot of people that you meet or you hear about mm-hmm. their reputation or you hear about what they do, and you look at their life and their life doesn't reflect it. Mm-hmm. And that's probably some of the most disappointing thing people say when you yeah. start meeting your heroes and you start finding out that they're not the men or women that you thought they once were. Exactly. But the one thing I can honestly say 
It's from looking at your work, hearing what people say about you, yeah. and, and even meeting you in person. Yeah, like, even the website. I read the website, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, this guy's, <laughs> this guy's different right yeah. here. Yeah, for sure. So, man, you, you have an amazing soul. Yes. You're doing an amazing work, and I'm just, I'm just so excited about having you, and Thanks, I'm just guys. so excited about meeting you. Yeah. I think, Appreciate I think it, it's going to be great. Appreciate it, man. No Appreciate problem. You. Yeah, so, like, to the world. Yes. That really don't know much about you. Like, how would you describe yourself, Gilgo? Background, story. Oh, don't leave out no details. Yeah, because yeah right. This story is, is amazing. I never know how many, you know, who knows my story or not, but I grew up uh, feeling very insecure uh, because I was always in the bottom of my class in school. Mm -hmm. So I was the youngest of four, and I just felt like insecure and stupid all the time. Mm -hmm. That's what I would tell myself I'm just stupid. I can't get this stuff. I'm not smart in school. I had a second grade reading level in eighth grade and mm -hmm. I started testing for things. So just every year it confirmed how stupid I was. Mm -hmm. And I felt insignificant constantly. Thank you. Sorry, Louis. I think Chris's mic is upside down. Mm. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm here. You can hear me. You can hear it then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I just felt very insignificant constantly as a kid. And it wasn't until I started to put, and I would get angry because I felt like I didn't have any friends. My brother was in jail for four years when I was uh, eight eight years old until mm -hmm. I was 12. And so the neighborhood parents wouldn't let their kids hang out with me during that time because they thought I was going to be a bad influence on them. Mm -hmm. And um, all that led to me being very angry mm -hmm. and resentful and frustrated at people just because I felt like I was getting picked on. Like a lot of kids got picked on, but I just felt like I, I felt like I was getting extra picked on for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. and, <clears throat> and that was a story I told myself at least. And so I started to put all my energy and aggression into sports. Mm. I found out that I got to be pretty good. I was pretty athletic. So I just said, okay, screw school. I'm going into sports. And I'm putting all my life and significance in, into how well I do and perform in sports. Mm. So I played my butt off to win. And it was great if I won, but if I lost, I was the worst loser. Did you mm. find like, your value in sports? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's like my whole significance came from winning. Yeah. Mm. So when I lost, my self-worth was very low. Mm. It was like back to being like... A normal way. Yeah, or just yeah. like back to being like this stupid kid. Yeah. Wow. You know, because that was my identity. Gotcha. So until... If, so everything evolved around like I need to train every single day for hours. Like I would just go right after school, right to the gym, mm -hmm. and I'm going to come back to like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. Just do no homework, mm. no studying, because mm. I was like, I'm going to fail this anyways. What's the point? I had tutors my whole life all through college. Mm. And it didn't matter how much time I put into studying. It was like I was still getting a C at best. Mm. So I was like, why am I beating my head against like these books and studying and trying to memorize these things that I'm never going to use? So the only reason I studied was to be able to pass high school so I could get into college and play sports. Mm. And I was my senior year of high school, and the English teacher was like, Lewis, you're flunking English, senior year English, and if you fail English senior year, you can't go to college. Oh, wow. So I was just like, okay, I need to do whatever it takes so I can go play football in college, yeah. Yeah. play sports in college. That was the dream. Yeah, yeah of course. Always so school, beca yeah, so school <laughs> became like an obstacle for me to like overcome to get into the, to school. And so it was a survival mechanism for me all through elementary, through high school. I cheated all the time. Mm. Mm. Every homework I had to cheat in order to pass. Yeah, spark notes. I know. I know. When I tried, yeah. when I when I tried and like really was like, okay, I'm just gonna like do this thing and study and like do my best. It was like D minus. Yeah. Mm. So like, my would just yeah, just not like, try. Well, to cheat. Just cheat. 
And so I'd, I'd sit next to the smartest kids in class, and we had Scantrons back then. And yeah, God bless them. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. the one thing about me is like, I was just such a good, I had great vision mm, on the sports field. Look at the guy. That was my skill. Yeah. yeah. So I could sit here like this, right, and just like, here we go. knew where the teacher's eyes were at yep. all times, and knew the smartest people around me, and I could see, okay, question two, there we go. C, D, Bow. you know, boom. And then go over here and be like, is it is it equal? Mm. You know, and so I match it up, and they're like, "Well, I can't get a perfect score." Yeah, yeah of you course. can't get a perfect. Score. <laughs> so if I get a C minus or a C, then that's good. Mm. Yeah. So I just plan for C's. Mm. Sit next to people that have A's. Yeah. And plan for C's. It's better than my D minus. Yeah. Kind of, that's very humbling to you. You could get A. I could have. <laughs> but when I did that stuff, they kind of like were sensing it. They're like, "Oh, oh they're like something's off. Mm, like, are you cheating?" Dang. So I knew the game quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I got caught one time, mm. and I got suspended in high school and I was so embarrassed mm. and I was like okay I need to not do this anymore but it's just like it didn't matter how hard I studied and how many tutor sessions I did during the day you know it was just a very struggling and humbling time so I just said screw this this is not my life I'm going to become a great athlete and in one sense I was like the man in sports and a loser in school what position did you play I mean I played every sport yeah. Yeah. I played football basketball track yeah, yeah. Uh, what position baseball. in football was receiver okay. and safety. Okay. Yeah. A safety? You said vision, so I had a feeling it was safety. <laughs> I blew people up. <laughs> I bet you did. Don't not come across the middle. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I was the I was always in the bottom four in my school uh, on the grade cards because they used mm. to rank us. Yeah, uh, so yeah. I would yeah. get a grade card every semester and it would be like bottom four. Yeah. 270 out of 274. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. yeah. That's it. So... I was like the worst in school and the best in sports. Yeah. yeah. I was like the the captain on every team as like a freshman and sophomore. I was varsity as a freshman on everything. I was like the guy, but then felt worthless still mm. throughout the day. Mm. So I always struggled with like my self-worth and mm. insecurities around am I smart enough? Is what I have to say interesting enough? Mm -hmm. And it's also what helped me my junior and senior year really helped me to develop and becoming more compassionate towards everyone because I had a small group of like sports friends my mm -hmm. freshman through junior year because mm -hmm. I was the youngest guy on the team. Everyone was gone mm -hmm. yeah. my senior year. So I was like kind of alone in school. And I was like, I need to start becoming friends with everyone, not just athletes. Yeah. But I wonder what like this artist is into and I wonder what like the singer and the drama person and I just like the marine biologist. I was like, I want to learn about everyone and what, how they think and how they feel. In my senior year in high school, I became friends with everyone but athletes. Wow. It was like a personal challenge for me. Mm. It was one of the greatest classes I took of just like understanding human nature. And I think it really helped me develop doing what I'm doing today, which is like interviewing and connecting with mm -hmm. all walks of life people. Yeah. And um, I just learned so much more about like, man, I was, I was judging people my whole life if they didn't look like me or you know, do the same things as me, I'd judge people. My senior year, I really stopped judging people because I was like, there's some unbelievable human beings. Mm -hmm. Didn't matter, like man, woman, no matter race, like what you're into, people are incredible. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, and so I just kind of like continued evolving into, as opposed to trying to be interesting, like what, what I was trying to do my entire childhood, I just said, I wanna be interested mm. in people. And I started asking everyone questions from that moment on. I just became like a student of people. And I was just curious about their life and why they did certain things, why they didn't do things, what was holding them back. That was, I was grooming myself as like an interviewer back, yeah. back then. And you didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. Yeah. I was just like, 
And what I realized is the more interested I became in other people, the more people were interested in me. Yeah. You know? And they like wanted to hang out more. Yeah. And they wanted to be more friends. So I was like, I didn't grow up with many friends. So it became a great way for me to build relationships too. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's a that's, that's a, a, good that's, story. a that's a really fascinating story. And I and I think it's like for a lot of people during their developmental years, yeah. it's certain things that trigger like serious compassion mm -hmm. that you can see for people who haven't had that experience that really triggers compassion, they lack those skills when they get older. So mm -hmm. it's really fascinating that like you're known for somebody for being so compassionate, but it was kind of being lonely at a younger age yeah. and then finding value in all different people that made you more compassionate later. Yeah. See, I was very alone yeah. as a child. I remember, I didn't have any friends. And I remember one time, I was probably like seven, six or seven, <clears throat> there was a couple kids who were like the popular kids mm -hmm. in like the elementary school or whatever in the class. And they created a club. Oh no. They no, created like their own little like after school club, oh, right? And, I know where uh, this is going. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. And to get into the club, you had to, there was two options. You could either pay. Yeah. Whoa. Right? It was only two kids. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe yeah. there was three kids yeah. at the time. And they just like formed this club and they're like, okay, you can pay. It's a $5 like entry fee. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't have any money. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you can answer one of two questions. And one of the questions, I can't remember the other one, but one of the questions was like, Name someone who's been on the moon or something, or the first person, on the, moon, the first person who was on the moon. And I was like, I don't know, I was like six years old. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. pre Google days. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They asked me this question. I don't remember, you know, the other question that they asked me, but the, it was some like math question and I didn't know. Mm. And they're like, okay, you have to pay. And I was like, I don't need money. Yeah. And they're like, we'll go home and get it. And I went home and asked my mom for money. She gave me like a bunch of change. I took it in a shoebox and took it to them to like hang out with them yeah. that yeah. day. And I never went back because I was like, man, this is, doesn't feel good. But that was kind of like my whole childhood. Yeah. It was like, I didn't have any friends. I was always like the dumbest one in class. So they just made fun of me in school. Yeah. And I just, I was this tall when I was like, you know, 11, <laughs> yeah. Nine, yeah, 10 yeah, years old. Yeah. So I was just like kind of goofy looking, like yeah. an awkward kid. Yeah. And it wasn't until I put all this energy into sports and I started winning that I got people to recognize me and be like, hey, let's hang out. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my whole identity was wrapped around winning to have friends, mm -hmm. and for people to want to spend time with me because no one wanted to hang out with me. Gotcha. And in my 20s, it was actually a struggle because when I got injured playing, I played arena football for a season, got injured. And when I was done uh, recovering for about two years on my sister's couch, mm. my whole identity was wrapped around like winning. Mm. and being like this successful athlete. Yeah. And that's how I got my validation and yeah. had like friendships. Mm -hmm. So after I didn't have that anymore, I was like, who am I? Yeah. Yeah. And who's gonna hang out with me if I'm not a good athlete and if I'm not winning at what I do or if I'm not successful? And that was a big wake up call where I was just like, man, I had to really learn how to let go of that identity and, mm -hmm. and, and reinvent myself and kind of survive at the next level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this here, it's good. Um, I was reading through and I found myself being like the Joker uh -huh. mask. Um, and what I mean by that is like, I always wanted to be like that Will Smith character. Yeah, yeah so funny, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's, yeah. It. that's what I feel like I am. <laughs> so, like, you know, I, I want the person, be the person that's really popular, yeah. you know, that's still good at everything, sports, um, school, 
women. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but like all that was just um, a cry for acceptance. Yeah. And um, I think it was like a couple of things just with me and my childhood and not getting some like the attention I wanted from certain people, um, the love I wanted from certain people. But when I went to high school, I had, I felt like I was the man. You were. Prom you're king a great and athlete. all. You're funny. I wouldn't say great athlete. I wanna I wanted the comments to boost. Yeah. But you know, I was on varsity three years, you know. <laughs> the mask, you know? Uh so uh, but I felt like anybody that, that was somebody in high school, I was right up there. Yeah. Um and then when I kinda like went to college, everybody to my right and left was the same. And I was comparing myself to people, I'm like, man, this guy is way smarter than me. Looks better than me. More athletic. And more athletic. Yeah. Like, whoa, like this is this yeah. is so what do I have? What do be, I have? You gotta be funnier. Yeah, I have to be funnier, I have to be goofier, I have to be whatever to get that same level of attention that um that I desired. And like when all that stuff went away, it was kinda like, I don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have the things that made me feel good, uh, validated me, and now I'm just like like nothing, you know. Yeah. So this book um really so what, did you, what did you learn? What did, what did I learn? As, as the Joker, what did you, you find out? I found out that, honestly, I need to be more real with myself mm. as far as, like, I can be who I am and not somebody that somebody, like, I want to be or yeah. somebody wanted me to be. Because yeah. um, I feel like I do things for other people's acceptance, not my own. So I'll go out my way to make this person happy even though, like, I don't even want to or yeah. it would, it's bad for me. You know, like I'll put others first and it's it's just it's something where I feel like I just need to really face my brokenness, face um, my identity, face everything that hurt me in the past. So I don't have to put on this mask of being, you know, this funny guy. Everything is all right. Everything's cookie cutter. Don't worry about me. I'm good kind of person. Mm -hmm. So that's like something that I'm still trying to. Learn and transition and like really healing from yeah. my past. Yeah. How old are you, Chris? 24. 24. Yeah. 24 28. 28. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's that's True. interesting that, that Chris is able to share that. And one of the biggest things that I've noticed about our show, and I'm super excited by talking about you with mm-hmm. it, is that like a lot of men don't have this space to really begin to unpack and yeah. to break down why they did certain things and why they felt certain ways. Yeah. You know, for so many years of their lives, you're told to be tough, you know, to be, be a man, you know, don't have all these feelings yeah. and all that stuff. And so a lot of times, like, those feelings began, you had to, like, literally shove them down your throat. Yeah. You know, you had to, like, not be able to be vulnerable and transparent and be honest about what's going on. Because what people don't, a lot of guys understand is that a lot of the behaviors that they're doing, it's simply based upon some emotional pain that they haven't dealt with. Right. Yeah. And so for guys to be like, oh, I'm not hurt, you're just lying. Yeah. Because you're not vocalizing or crying the way women traditionally do mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're not hurting. You're just beginning to masquerade your pain with whatever vices it and may yeah. be. And then you right. cope with it. Like, for me, it was like a lot of... The attention from women was really just... Please. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be some days like, man, I made a mistake. I don't feel good. Let me text five girls so I can feel good somebody, about myself. Yeah, something like, funny or yeah. flirty or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Chris, you're cute. Thank yeah. you. Now yeah. I feel good about yeah. myself. I can go about my day kind of thing. Isn't so. it crazy? Like, getting the approval of others uh, impacts us in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, like, wanting and seeking approval from others. Mm-hmm. And I think when we can get to a place, and listen, I'm 35, and I feel like I'm just starting to figure this out over the mm-hmm. last couple of years. It's like, 
when I don't do things for the approval of others, but just do things to lift others up, like you're always going to be filled. Gotcha. You know, you know what I mean? It's what I've learned. Gotcha. And I'm still not perfect, and yeah. you know, you know, need attention from time to time and stuff. But it's like less and less. Yeah. I don't. I'm like happy with just creating and making an impact on the world without needing the credit. Gotcha. Without needing the, like uh, everyone liking it and coming, you know, this. With social media, though, there's one thing we're running a business. Like, we need people to follow us and to, like, you know, like and comment to, like, mm -hmm. for certain things. But when we base our life and our happiness off of likes yeah. or followers or girls, Number of missing, girls, girls flirting yeah. with us, yeah. whatever, like, yeah. that's when we get trapped. Yeah. And we have to play the game of, like, wearing a mask yeah. to try to get that, seek that approval. But when we can be just fulfilled with knowing that, like, I'm on a mission to do something meaningful in the mm -hmm. world. Whether it be my job, I'm on a mission to help you know our company reach this goal. The accounting department. Yeah, <laughs> shout out. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. When we're on a mission, I feel like we're less focused on needing this approval, you know, because it doesn't matter what people think. Mm -hmm. We're just inspired by our life and mm -hmm. making an impact. And when I've been able to flip that from needing the attention of myself all the time and needing everyone to recognize me and needing to like win at everything towards. I'm going to focus on winning and giving my best, but not because I need someone to like me. Yeah. Because, because I want to give my best. Because yeah. I want to be a symbol of inspiration for other people to show them what's possible. Because I want to lift other people up. Because I want to inspire them through my art or my sports or my music. That's when I feel like we can be at peace mm -hmm. as men yeah. and human beings. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the greatest challenges is finding success or greatness and having inner peace at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of us struggle with that. It's like, how can I be driven but also be peaceful? Yeah. yeah. That tension, that catch It's really too. tough. Yeah. Yeah. Most people feel like in order to be successful, you've got to have inner conflict constantly. Yeah. Lack of, lack of con uh, contentment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I've, I just feel like you can have both. Yeah. I think you can like achieve great things. You can be successful in whatever that looks like for you and also live with inner peace. Mm -hmm. And I went to India a couple of years ago and did a two-week meditation training And it, it really just kind of reshaped the way I think internally and feel internally about, you know, making money and being driven mm. and winning and success. So I was just like, man, I can still make an impact and do good in the world and sleep at night. Yeah. Indy, huh? They got that on Groupon or something? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, nah, that, that would be something I'd be down to do. Two yeah. weeks. And when we can, when we can fully uh, address all of our inner demons. Oh, yeah. I'm and, scared though. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that, yeah. you're never going to feel inner peace until we can address the inner demons. And you only do that in India. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, see the joke right there? Yeah, There's nothing wrong with wearing the mask mm -hmm. and like being funny and all these yeah. things either. It's like, but if it's only because we're hurt mm -hmm. and yeah, we're doing it to seek the approval, yeah. that's when it becomes toxic. It's like, yeah. yeah. But there's nothing wrong with being like the funniest guy yeah. alive. Yeah. Yeah. Be that way. Yeah. It brings joy to other people. Yeah. But sure. if, if you're unwilling to address certain things, yeah. then what's underneath that? Yeah. Exactly. That's all it is. I feel yeah. you. If you can openly talk about all your stuff and be like, you know what? But I'm kind of fucked up right now, too. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. Then it's, all right, cool. Yeah. Oh, no, they know. They yeah. can listen. No. <laughs> you can relate to that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sure. But that point about inner demons is, is, uh, really really awesome because i've been i've been really wrestling with this this concept real quick mm. and so i'm not sure 
he was cool, so he probably didn't watch this show. I'm way did too you, cool. Did you, did you watch a show called Naruto? Heck no. Nah. Naruto? <laughs> I know you did. I know I'm you did. I remember Naruto. So Naruto is a recent show, like an anime show, right? Oh, yeah. And so the main character's name is Naruto Uzumaki. So long... <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, a lot of my guys know this show. Central or what is this on? No, it's it's like, it was on Cartoon Network. Okay. No, it's a pretty popular it's, show. It's, it's I don't watch TV, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, so... I'm a Netflix guy, you know. It's on Amen. Netflix as well. Is it? Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's a it's an old show, like yeah. probably like twelve years ago. But it's one of the most popular wow. animes of all time. Okay. It's like the Office of Anime. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah. long story short, Naruto Uzumaki is a kid. He's like 10, 12 years old, and he's banished by the community. Long story short, he's banished by his community because he has a demon inside of him, mm. and his demon is called the Nine Tail Fox. It's like mm. the most powerful demon in the world. Longer story short, yeah. the Ninetale Fox is going to destroy the village and they had to like contain it. So they put the, the demon inside of a, the, a baby's body and that baby happened to be Naruto. So because he has a demon inside of him, they, they attribute the destruction of the village to Naruto. So gotcha. everybody hates him. So Naruto has this obsession with validating himself. The whole story is about him seeking approval from the community that shunned mm. him his whole entire life. Mm. By trying and, to do good or trying to be successful. Try, yeah, trying to be trying successful. To... He wants to be basically the leader of the, vill the village is called Hokage. It's like the president, it's like the mm -hmm. chief, the head man. Mm. So he wants to be Hokage. That's his number one goal so to be trying to do whatever it takes to, to do validate yeah. himself, you know. And so, what's interesting about the show is that the demon inside of him is the most powerful being on the planet, but at times he can't. Well, at the beginning of the series, he can't control it. So, whenever he gets really mad, gets overwhelmed, it gets frustrated, out. it comes out and it's uncontrollable. Wow. And so, it gives him an abundance of power, mm. but then in he a just, negative way, yeah, in a positive, but oh. then. Because he can be able to defeat some of the villains, but oh. and then in a negative way, he goes crazy and he ends up destroying his loved ones and people wow. like that. So it's a really remarkable mm -hmm. show, show. You guys probably watched like 570 episodes. Huh? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I ain't got time. But at the end of the show, what ends up happening is Naruto begins slowly to then start talking to the demon. He, start, he slowly begins wow. to like start having conversations with Smart. it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then eventually, as the show progresses, he's finally able to really understand the demon. He start, he's finally able to like kind of tame the demon. Uh. And he finds out that the demon is really just a hurt animal. Mm. So it's not really this evil demon, but it's a hurt animal. And somehow, through experiences and really finding inner peace, because like long story short, to talk to a demon, he has to go inside of himself. Yeah. Mm. And so he finds inner peace with a demon, and then him, instead of the demon going away, the, him and the demon become one. Mm. And the demon becomes like one of his closest friends and the source of his power, and now he has absolute control over it. Wow. So it's a really int it's mm. interesting story to the journey of manhood, yeah. because what I've always said is that a lot of us men, we have all this strength and we have all this power. Right, we have all this strength, but what ends up happening is we have these demons inside of us, you know, that fuels the strength. Like you said, what fueled you to be a great athlete was this yeah. anger of being alone and isolated. Yeah. So what's really remarkable, smart, you know, is but what ends up happening is for so many people they're taught, oh, kill the demon, you know, that fuel, that passion, that fire, that like kind of becoming. Um, a mouse instead of this lion of a man. Mm -hmm. And most of us men, we know the alpha guy is a lion, not a mouse. So yeah. we don't, we ignore like mom saying be a good guy or, you know, so yeah. all these messages. So it's this process that men have to go through to find out what is inside of them, the yeah. demon that's causing them all this pain and to become one with it. So mm -hmm. you're talking about going to India really like stood yeah. out because I was like, yo, that's, that's crazy because yeah. it's similar to what was going on in that show. That's yeah. powerful. Yeah, the last five years of 
dive deeper into like talking to my demons yeah mm. and addressing them and talking to them internally but also like with friends family and then to the world yeah, yeah. and the more i talk about it the less pain i'm in mm. gotcha. the more i set myself free yeah i think a lot of us men in general aren't willing to communicate our demons yeah and let anyone else hear about the demon and i think that's what hurts us yeah mm. because if we aren't able to love ourselves fully internally for who we are and what we've done and what we've been through or what's happened to us if we're not able to accept that then we're just going to always have something where we're defending ourselves mm -hmm. against other people and when we truly accept ourselves for everything we've been through and we can communicate it to where other people accept us then we don't have to prove ourselves anymore that's true mm -hmm. i think that's something that happened for me five years ago i started opening up about being sexually abused as a, uh, when i was a kid mm -hmm. and it was one of the factors that made me so angry all the time when I was triggered. Like mm -hmm. Whenever I felt taken advantage of, it kind of brought me back to that. Plus, like, being picked on and all these other things, it brought me back to the feeling of, like, this hurt fox or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Inside of me. And it was just, like, the fox just wanted to scratch everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, it was yeah. just like, screw the world, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know me? It yeah. was just, like, defending myself. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until I started addressing about five years ago that, like, I felt at peace. I was never able to sleep at night. Mm. It would take me about an hour, two hours of sleep my entire life. Wow. I would just lay there. Didn't matter if I went to bed early, the AC, like didn't matter what was <laughs> happening, the conditions, just lay there. And it wasn't until I started to open up where I was like, now I can sleep within like minutes. Wow. And I think it was, as I reflect back at that, I think I was just always living in anxiety and like fight or flight mode mm -hmm. where I was just always on edge and needed to do more to prove myself more to, to people. And to myself yeah and it was never enough it didn't matter what i did achieve because it it drove me to achieve incredible things every dream i had i achieved mm. but it's i wasn't happy still mm -hmm. and i was like why am i not happy yeah i just need to do more i need to make more i need to achieve more and nothing really worked until i was able to face the inner demon then things started to to naturally fall into place so that's interesting because you also made points i was i was um i was listening to you talk about this one time when you first were able to share about the time that you were sexually abused yeah. and you said that after you you were able to publicly share it like literally everybody in the room just came up to you and told you you're my hero crazy, and they just started yeah. showing you so much love because yeah. the one thing that i've noticed about us men is that like you said we all have it inside of us mm. but we all think we're the only one yeah and so that isolation chris wants to talk about a little bit more but that shame of that, yeah. w that what's inside of me causes us to ostracize ourselves and not to be able to verbalize yeah. what's going on to other people. But then what ends up happening is that the moment one person goes out and shares, and especially amongst groups of men, and shares that this is what I'm going through, yeah. then literally everyone begins to be like, I've been going through this. Yeah, well. I feel you, yeah. That's what exactly. happened to me. Everyone started opening up. Yeah. And still do, you know, like, because I talk about it in my book and so men will just email me every week just like here's what happened to me when i was seven when i was ten wow no one knows oh, yeah. and i think we don't start to heal until we until we start to share mm -hmm. and we can't fully heal until we start sharing yeah and it doesn't mean you have to share with the world, world like all yeah. your demons or whatever but yeah. i think you have to share with someone mm -hmm. and hopefully someone you trust and care about and i think the biggest fear was like will anyone accept me mm -hmm. you know when i start opening up how how could people accept me how could they still love me if they knew what I did yeah. or what happened to me? Yeah. And um, I think that's a fear a lot of us have. Yeah. It's like yeah. when we're seeking approval, 
Yeah. It's like, is my family going to accept me? My mom, my dad, my siblings, you know, my guy friends who razzle me about stupid little stuff yeah. all the time. Yeah. They can accept me. They can't handle this. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's like when I put my arm on my buddy, I used to like, I'm very affectionate. Yeah. yeah. So I would like always want to put my arm around my like teammates yeah. and mm. like friends. And they're like, get off me, fag. Yeah. Like, Don't touch me. Yeah. It's just like, I'm just trying to like show some like loving affection, you yeah. know? And it's just like, well, I can't, if I came and like put my arm around a buddy's shoulder without yeah. him being like, get off me, how am I going to open up emotionally? That's a good point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are they even going to accept it? So I think you got to find someone that yeah. you think would be open to accepting and hearing that and then, you know, sharing again and kind of opening that process. But sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh, no, it's fine. Uh, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I think. I think it is a fear because I have definitely, I would say, opened up my demons on my closet to uh, to a few people. And when I did share, they kind of did turn their backs. That's the worst. And yeah. Because then you're like, why would I ever share this again? Exactly. Yeah. So it's like... Here's the question you got to start with. Okay. I'm you got you to gotta, you gotta say, you got to share it with someone that you, you trust already and ask them, is there anything I could ever say or do that would make you not love me? and then wait to see what they say. Okay. And they may or may not be ready for it. Or if it's like a guy, maybe you say not love me, like a guy from maybe like not be my friend anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But if it's a family member, something I could ever say or do to make you not love me. That's yeah. what I said to my family first when I opened up about it. Gotcha. And every one of them was like, absolutely not. There's nothing you could ever say or do that mm. would make me not love you. Mm. And especially my brother said that right away and he went to prison and felt a lot of shame around the family. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, absolutely not, doesn't matter. And so it gave me permission to then open up with my family. Yeah. Mm. I think that was helpful. I don't remember saying that to my friends, like my guy friends necessarily, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like setting it up in a way where it's like, hey, I want to share something that's like really, I've never shared with anyone. It's really scary for me. Are you open to like hearing it? Mm-hmm. And like not being scared or not running away or something, you know? Yeah. Something that's happened to me in my past, you know? I think I think you want to ask the question first and wait for the response. Okay. And if you feel like they're being non-receptive, then maybe you don't tell them right then. Okay. Maybe they're not, not the right person. Okay. And you say, hey, you know what, never mind. Like, it's all good. We can just whatever play video games. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. whatever it is they're like doing. Yeah. Um, but I think family or like a you know talking to like a therapist, someone who's like a professional who isn't going to run away. Yeah. To at least talk about it first and then set it up for the people you know. So. Okay. Uh, but you talked about it with a couple with a couple guys or a couple. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, some people I knew in college. Um, I think some of the things um, it was kind of catch twenty two. I feel like I set myself up to be like this, you know, really God fearing guy, do the right thing, you know, love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul. Yeah. Um, but I had some, still had some demons, still had some sure, failures. Sure. And when those ex- failures it was exposed, it's kind of like my like they turned their back on me. Mm. So it's like the people that. I got my identity from, uh, my information from, you know, acceptance from, saw that, you know... You weren't perfect. I wasn't perfect or wasn't, like... I mean, they knew some things, but they just saw me. I was on a different path. And, like, it's kind of like that Kanye verse. Like, I was under pressure so much, under more scrutiny, and I act more stupidly because of that. Yeah, of course. Um, So, like, when that happened, I was just, like, really angry. Really angry at God. Like, you know, like, these people that you place in front of me you know, really hurt me, like, yeah. to my core. And it's like, now, how can I even trust you again and even trust, trust everybody anyone. else? Exactly. Yeah. Shoot. Exactly. 
I'm working. <laughs> I'm working. Yeah. Been, I mean, it's yeah. Fall 2015 was not was not a good year tough, for me. Man. It was yeah. tough. Yeah. But what was the greatest lesson you learned from that? I'm still learning. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm still learning. Um, you got a roommate out of it. I did. I mean, you know, man, Hafiz has blessed me. Uh, I mean, just even with this podcast, what I have been learning, yeah. what has been challenging me, facing fears, putting me under more like uncomfortable situations where I can grow. I mean, this brother here <laughs> has blessed me. <laughs> trust me, trust yeah. me for for sure. So. Um, I'm still learning, still trying to like grow. And the good thing about our podcast is our listeners can do that. They yeah. you start from episode one to hundred, and you it's the crazy the transformation we had. Right. So wow, we're taking them on the journey. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. And I and I think another thing just to that point is that I feel like what I'll answer your question for you, but yeah. I feel like what he's learning is like oh, sorry is <laughs> to be able to, it's okay to be vulnerable thank you it's okay to share yeah. these things because like I, I know chris talked about it a lot like we're sharing similar to what you're doing sharing this to the whole world mm-hmm. you know like we're mm-hmm. unpacking we're not sitting in a private room talking to some counselor we're unpacking this to the whole world yeah you know it's crazy, huh? you know it's scary <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yes, yes what's yes. been the biggest uh, the scariest thing you've both revealed on the show You've already talked about <laughs> it, right? I gotta think. The scariest. What's the, the the hardest thing to share? What was the the shame or the fear or the insecurity? I, I or think for something you've done or afraid to do or. I think for me is, I feel like we we put on. I don't know. If we necessarily put on, but I feel like people see us as good, great black men. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But you're not. But we're not. But we are. But we are. <laughs> so it's it's like we're putting up this this like, you know, this appearance and it's like I don't wanna let anybody down. I don't wanna fail. I don't wanna cause, you know, it's just a a, a fear of mine of just like having this like the same thing that happened to me in college, like having this, oh, they're good guys, they do this, they, and then we can let people down dead. again. It's like that's like How are you not good men? I'm a good man. I'm naturally hard on myself. So yeah, it's like, yeah. um, I mean, I, I feel like I'm good to the world, but it's like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I don't want to put unrealistic expectations out there. You know, I guess. I mean, so you're like these perfect yeah. black men that don't have any like flaws. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, I might be boosted. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and, and we talk about this all yeah. the time because, like, my biggest thing is growing up, I met all of my heroes. Mm. I met all my heroes. My, really? Yeah, I've met all of them. Probably one more guy got in me left. But um, my dad was so flawless in huh. his parenting. Like, my dad, he talks. He's like, like that's why I talk a lot. Yeah. Like, my dad is a man who talks. He would sit down and like teach you lessons. Yeah, and but he but then he would tell you, tell me how you feel. Like he like he was the most masculine man in regards to protecting, providing, do all the stereotypical manhood things. But he did everything else that traditionally females do. My dad would do the diapers. My dad would wash the dishes. My dad would take us to go to the doctors. My dad would do like there was nothing. There was no female jobs. I didn't grow up with that mindset. My dad was so great, and so. But my dad made mistakes, like any human being did. But my dad, this is why I'm not trying to hate on anybody, people's dad. <laughs> but when people tell me their dads were great, I got I to get the car fact. <laughs> let, me tell you, let me tell you what my dad did. My dad, when he made a mistake, he would come to the room 
knock on the door. Late at night, you'd be mad at him. He knock on the door. He come to the side of your bed, come down mm. to your level and say, I'm sorry. Wow. I, I know this wasn't right. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Wow. Let's move forward. And that taught me wow. at a very young age that if this man who's so amazing mm. can make mistakes, but bounce back, because he always bounced back because, you know, he's uh, constantly improving. That gave me the confidence to know you can be as great as you want and you're not known for your mistakes. Mm. Your yeah. identity, and that's, that's the thing about so many men, I feel like their identity is based upon their best day, i.e. me playing football, yeah. everyone calling my name, glory days, or their worst days when I made a mistakes. But your identity is one, who God made you to be, and that's mm-hmm. a beautiful soul. Yep. But two, it's, it's the culmination of you. It's everything. It's not just the rain, it's also the sun. And so for me, it was really seeing that ability to make a mistake and be like, I'm sorry, and keep it going. So the, the message I want a lot of men to be able to hear from that is when you make a mistake, I'm sorry, and keep it going. Yeah. And you're not less of a man because what happens, to Chris's point, when you make a mistake, and you feel like you're a failure, you give up. Yeah. You give up. You're like, you know what? I, I, was, I was a teacher for four years. I saw it. Whenever the kid, whenever the quote unquote misbehaving kids mm-hmm. had a bad day, they give up. They like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I'm not good regardless. And they would they then they would repeat all of these mm-hmm. things all the teachers have told them. Mm-hmm. And all the negative things in their minds, mm-hmm. and they accept that identity. Yeah. So that's what I'm always fine with Chris. I'm like, yo, don't say that about yourself. Don't <laughs> say you're this person, you know? Yeah. And just like, like as you become a, that, you become mm-hmm. that. And as a man, like the number one thing is to get back up yeah. and to go back to Naruto. <laughs> go back to Naruto. <laughs> that, that's the thing about Naruto. It was like he he was not the best fighter. He would always get beat up. He would he was like the loser of his school. Mm. He was just developmentally challenged when it comes to wow. his ninja moves. But he just literally <laughs> would not give up. Wow. And his whole mantra was never give up, never surrender. Like so, that's something I think. As a man, when you do make a mistake, bounce back up and just don't give up. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And I know, like, I know for me, like, I personally haven't revealed like the deepest, darkest demons really? on the podcast. Not yet. What's the darkest thing so far? Whoa, 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 whoa! So whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> What's the thing you've already shared? That's that's dark. I don't. People already know about. I think just like how we just mess up with women. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Oh yeah, like we're just not perfect in relationships. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like both in relationships or. I'm not. I am. No, no, yeah. no, yeah. no, I'm not ready. Yeah. No, no. I need to, I need to heal most. Let yeah. me heal. <laughs> you, you were in one earlier this year. I was one earlier this year. I mean, you yeah. gotta talk about it, but uh, you, you messed it up or you just. I feel like I have. Um, I feel like I messed it up, but I mean, like, we ain't got, yep. Yeah. Talk about it. I, I barely when I talk about it. Damn, Luke, I'm whispering. No, no, I am not. No, we're not. It's all good. I'll take. All of responsibility, sir. You stop, stop it. Stop being a butt. I think, you, you know, I think whenever we go through a bad breakup or something, because I went through some challenging relationships mm-hmm. where I felt like they did wrong by me or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I love your approach of saying it's, it's 100% my responsibility. I thought like I didn't need right a bad relationship, like I was in it. I yeah. stayed in it. I didn't ask the right questions. Yeah. I wanted to explore something yeah. and stayed in it after it, you know, and it kept, let it kept happening. It's yeah. like, you can cut it off at any moment. Yeah. You know, so it's our responsibility to be aware of these things. Exactly. And um, and if something bad happens where we don't want to continue on, don't stay in it, you know? Exactly. I mean, and like I said, I think I was definitely using her 
as a coping mechanism. Of course, yeah. I mean, I mean, I was I was running away from my demons, wasn't going yeah. out to God, wasn't praying, wasn't doing all the things that you know we would probably say on the podcast. Did you work? If I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, and I'm yeah. just like you know, like in the sense we were using each other, but I know for a fact, yeah. like. Um, you know, she gave me the happiness that I feel like I needed. Now yeah. I want it. Validation. Validation, support, all that stuff. Like, love. man, I got that. I got her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. I'm yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a good guy. Yeah. 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 So um, I would say, yeah, that was probably the deepest thing that we revealed. Um, yeah, that's pretty soft, though. It's yeah. pretty soft. But like I said, it's pretty soft, but pretty soft. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gearing up to reveal what I want to reveal just in the right manner. Mm. I feel like I need to talk to somebody that's, um, that's like, professional in that area because it's something that I feel like a lot of men probably struggle with and I feel like it was like a one-on-one conversation like how it feels to be behind the camera yeah, yeah you know so like that would be a big old exclusive what you, how long have you been doing this for? this, what, this like podcast? The show two years yeah, coming up two years yeah. it'll be two years January 7th so what have you been afraid of to share? Man, I, Lewis, what's up? <laughs> what's up? This is not India. But what's the thing that's been holding you back? I'm not seeing any share yeah, here, yeah, but yeah, what's yeah. the thing that's been holding you back? Like waiting for what? Um, Waiting I, to find a professional, waiting to talk to him, waiting to, you know, what are you waiting for? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I guess because I'm still be, fear. I think I'm st- yeah. I guess it's still fear. It's going to be a lot of pain. It's going to be a lot of pain. Yeah. I'm not ready for it. A lot of people going here. And I'm not ready. Like, yeah. I'm not ready today. <laughs> but what do you think people are going to respond if you start opening up in a certain way? Do you think people are say, screw you, Chris. Like, I can't mm-hmm. believe you went through this or I can't believe this happened. Whatever it is. I yeah, don't know. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you think they're going to start being negative towards you? This was my greatest fear. When mm-hmm. I opened up on my podcast four and a half, five years ago, right? Gotcha. I was like, my business is going to be over. Mm-hmm. No one's going to accept me. People are going to make fun of me. It's going to be like the worst day ever. And it was the opposite. Mm. When I opened up on my podcast about sexual abuse, yeah. I had been doing the, the sharing for about six, seven months already with my friends and family mm-hmm. and therapists, you know, like talking about it. And I was still terrified. It wasn't like the fear was gone yeah. after talking about it for six or seven months. But I was just like, I have a responsibility. I, be- I believe that it's a more of a mission, a greater mission to help as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And if it means people don't like me or don't accept me, then that's the way it is. But if I could serve at a higher level, and if there was a few guys this could help, or a few women this could help, and heal their relationship with themselves or other people, then who cares what a million people think about me? Mm-hmm. If I'm like, whatever, this happened to me. But I think if you're a man of God, and a higher mission and a purpose, then I think you need to claim that mission mm-hmm. and say, what is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing to help more people? Gotcha. It's just my one human being's opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, I know for me, like me stepping into that more and more, and listen, I'm still not perfect and still make a lot of mistakes. Talk to my girlfriend, she's telling me <laughs> yeah, all yeah. the mistakes I make and my, you know, I've got insecurities in our relationship mm-hmm. and fears of future commitments and marriage, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. It's still like hard for me. But, um, I think opening up about some of these things is really important, and you've set yourself up to do that. You mm-hmm. know, you've been doing this for a reason, not yeah. to just be the funny guy all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can be that a yeah, lot. Yeah. And also with context and setting, like help a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and reveal certain things mm-hmm. in the right way, in the right context. You know. Um, I just think that's the next level for... Are you challenging me? (laughs) I'm not challenging you. I'm I'm calling you forth to a greater mission that 
you're here for. That's great. And, and it's not for it's not for uh, followers and likes and validation. Yeah. It's it's taking your ego out of it and being of service. Okay. And I think that will be the most free, scariest thing ever, and the most freeing thing, and the highest level that you can serve mm. other people, listeners. Okay. So, I would have him challenge you. Mm. I don't know if you know all this stuff, or he's talked to you about this yet or not, or what. I have, I have a general idea. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would have, I would, I would challenge you both to have a conversation tonight, where you really sit together in a room, no phones, no TV, no music, and you have a real conversation with each other, and you share whatever you need to share. That is the scariest shit you've ever been through, mm -hmm. and you finally share it all, and you tell the whole story. And if there's anything you've been through, you share with him. Mm -hmm. And you guys don't need to share it publicly at all, but just like do it together. I feel like that would be an amazing bond, bonding experience and freeing experience for both of you. Yeah. To take your masculine man friendship to another level. Yeah. You know, because you've probably gone deep together, but you haven't like fully cracked through multiple layers. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. It's all good. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like you've probably gone very deep together. Yeah, you've yeah. been through a lot and you've yeah. talked about a lot, but like, have you really shared everything on your heart with him? Mm -hmm. And has he done the same? I don't know. It sounds like he had the perfect childhood, but I mean, <laughs> I was very spoiled. Yeah. But it's like, uh, and it would be a great practice for him to yeah. listen and, and, you know, and not try to give you advice, but just be a listener and be like a supportive listener without giving, saying anything. Yeah. Mm. I think that would be my challenge for you guys tonight to have that mm. conversation or before you leave LA. Okay. For both of you to like have time to share with each other. Like, this is all the stuff I don't want anyone to know about me. Mm. And share that. And then you guys can challenge each other, like, let's start revealing some of this stuff if it makes sense to you. You mm. know, if it makes sense. But I think for you two alone tonight would be my challenge. But no. It's definitely, it's definitely. If you're man enough. <laughs> if you're man enough. <laughs> no, no, that's good. And that's something I'm definitely, I'm definitely down to do. I think yeah, yeah. I think it's good. And Are I you down for that? I'm down. Yeah, yeah, right. wait, yeah. You're down to share it all. You just challenge my man to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a chat. I'm a chat. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it Tonight? right here. Tonight. We yeah, may even yeah. record it, God dang it. We may even record go. it. You can save it, but you know, text me when you guys are done and let me know okay. what opened up for you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. No, that's uh I think that's so good, and I think he's like, he's like, he's like <laughs> trying to block his heart. He's like <laughs> nervous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just think it'd be powerful. And I think more. I think one, you guys should do that, and then maybe do a whole episode on like what that experience was like for you. Yeah. You don't have to share everything, but like what it was like for you doing that with a good friend, mm. and how can other men share with their best guy friend or one of their best guy friends if something's on their mind? Mm -hmm. Like what worked for you? What didn't work when you guys had this conversation? Like, maybe he wasn't a great listener. Maybe he talked too much. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, you figure yeah. it out and you say, hey, guys, this is a great thing that worked for us. This is what opened up for us. And try it. Yeah. I challenge you to try it. You're not here to just be, like, entertaining for people only, right? Mm -hmm. You're here to challenge people to grow for your show, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not just, like, comedy hour. <laughs> is it? No. No, you're right. You're it's right. to challenge people and yeah, push of course, people. Of course. And it's time to get people to dig even deeper to see how great they can become. Mm. You got an expert. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. He's killing yeah, us right yeah. now. No, you know what I mean? I agree with you 100%. It's like, what are we doing every single day that's going to make us better? Yeah. And these opportunities, like you've been having this conversation for two years on this show, 
but you haven't gone there yet. Yeah. I'm not making you wrong or anything. Yeah, it yeah. took me a while. It took yeah. me 30 years to open up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And when I started opening up, I was getting essays from men who were like 55 years old. They were like, I've been married for 30 years. I've got five kids. My wife doesn't know. Mm. This would happen to me when I was 10. This would happen. You know, it's like, so I'm not making you wrong. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like, if you really want to make an impact, you get to do the work. And I'm still doing the work because I still have stuff I'm dealing with. Yeah. And it's probably never going to go away. But as long as I keep uh, communicating and working on it, like I can tame the demons yeah. mm. and let my ego go, which is really hard. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the bigger that my you know, reach grows and influence and all these things, it's like, it's not like I'm getting less and less incredible opportunities from like the hottest women in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my girlfriend doesn't want to hear that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But it's not like it's easier yeah. for me to tame like my demons. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's harder every day. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. But that's why I keep working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So. No, yeah, yeah. I got you, Lewis. I'm gonna do it tonight. You tonight. Guys have the conversation. Yes. Yeah. And what are you gonna share? Well, thank well, you. Because the listeners are gonna be like, what, what, a, what a conversation it. Yeah. They want to. They gonna want to know. You're gonna thank share. You, you're gonna share your everything that's been that you haven't shared with anyone. Yeah, you're gonna share it all tonight. I'm gonna do it. It might be mm. one thing. It might be twenty things. It, yeah, well, you, you should share it all. Okay, I get it, Lewis. <laughs> India got you. Got you, boy. I'm, you you shared, I'm not going to India. They what? got you like this. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not meditating over there. Huh? <laughs> Is there anything you feel like you've been that you have gone through or yeah. you're ashamed of or guilty of or insecure of that's happened to you or that you've done to someone else that you haven't talked about? Yeah. That you think about still? Yeah. Have you told Chris yet? No. So you get to share that yeah. tonight as well. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to not be the funny guy. This is your challenge. It's like when he is resharing, you get to make a request of him. Like each of you get to make a request before you share. And they can either honor the request or not. And you need to not be the, you get to be there and be like a vulnerable, loving brother. Mm -hmm. Not like the funny guy who's like trying to crack a joke like every two minutes because you're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's what your friends did to you. Mm -hmm. Like they, they, didn't have your back when you opened up to them. They probably said like, oh, that's messed up, or they like laughed at it, or they kind of dis discounted what you mm -hmm. said to them, and so they kind of rejected you. It's what it sounded like mm -hmm. to me. So you get to like be the opposite of that and really step into like, what would a vulnerable man be right now? Yeah. What would a loving man be right now? All right. What would a man of God be right now? This is like Mike Tyson hits. You get to like step into the ultimate man, like the greatest version of you is like sitting where you are listening to mm. your brother. Okay. That's my challenge to you guys at least. Oh. And I thought I'm excited to see what you guys talk about with the, you know, and, yeah. and just share me the aftermath. You yeah. don't have to tell me what, what yeah. you said, but just tell me the aftermath of how you feel and what it does for your relationship. And it might take some time to like, you know, uh, process it all, but. Yeah. No, this is, this is really good and um, Man, we, we can go on for days, and I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got the appointment coming up. Yeah. So one thing that I, I'm, I've I've culminated from this conversation is like the the supernatural healing of vulnerability and transparency and sharing mm -hmm. the pains that are going on in your life. That so many men, no matter how tall, no matter how strong, no matter yeah. how fast, no matter how, how smart, successful. how successful, we all have it. Mm -hmm. But the biggest hurdle, the fifty foot wall in the sky that's preventing us men from sharing these pains is the fear is we're crippled by this fear Absolutely. of when I share these things 
people will not accept me. When I share these things, I will lose everything that I have. Yeah. When I share these things, people will think of me as lesser than. So what is your one piece of advice for men out there who have heard this message, who feel this insecurity, who feel this fear, and they, they're, they're at the wall right now. They're, there's healing on the other side, but they're just too afraid to make that climb. I think it's, you know, it all depends on where you're at in your life. And I think if you have, if you've struggled your whole life and you've got zero skills and you feel like you have no friends, it might not be the most, make the most sense to just share with people that are like superficial friends, like mm. find a therapist, mm -hmm. find a professional and start opening up to a coach, a therapist, someone who uh, keeps it confidential, that has your best interest in mind and that wants to support you and what you're going through. And you might have to pay that person, right? So find someone first. Uh, now, if you have achieved a lot and you have lots of friends, I would think find an anchor relationship. Like know that like I have this anchor person in my life that even if like a hundred people like hate on me or the media or the press or like five friends like start laughing at me, I've got an anchor relationship that I can lean on in times of support. I think as men, we try to do it on our own and we say, I don't need anyone. I've got like the support, I'm fine myself. But when you're in a vulnerable place, like find the support, lean on someone in that time of like insecurity, pain, fear, uncertainty, like have one relationship where you're like, this person has my back, no matter what. And I think that'll give you the confidence to start opening up to more people. Because even if like 20 people discount you and you know shun you, you've got that anchor relationship that you can start working on a foundation with. And um, it's a process, you know, our insecurities can consume our thought process. I've been there. And until we really become at peace with ourselves and who we are and everything we've been through, like that insecurity could cripple us. So have the anchor relationship and start working on self-acceptance. That's the key. When we accept ourselves, we don't need the validation from other people. When we just fully love ourselves and we're grateful for the things we've been through, not ungrateful, then we can find that inner peace and that peace will give us power. Mm. <laughs> I'm not making no more jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, no, that was good, I think. Yeah. I th you know, I think it's, uh, yeah. I think, you know, these masks that I talk about, you, you have this Joker mask, you finding more self-acceptance and self-love and uh, self-approval as opposed to looking for those things from love from um, other people yeah. or approval from other people, you're going to become even funnier, you know, and you're going to have better timing and you're mm -hmm. going to be more confident in your delivery. Like you're going to become a, the funny, a funnier person mm -hmm. and you're not going to need to be funny all the time because people are going to just respect you yeah. for like the inner confidence you have in the inner acceptance. And they're just going to say, wow, I just want more of that. Mm -hmm. Like whatever Chris has, I just want more of it. How do I be around him more because I just want to be like him? Mm -hmm. So when you don't need it anymore, that's when people are to. Okay. You guys ever watch Swingers? <laughs> I can't. Something else popped up in my head. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen the movie Swingers? No, I have not. Oh man, it's a classic movie with Vince Vaughn. He's a funny guy. I love Vince Vaughn. But he was like, when you act like when you don't need this stuff, they give it to you for free, mm. right? It's like they're at the casino and he's like, you act like you don't need this stuff, and they're just going to give you stuff for free. Mm. And that's why I think it was like when you. It's not when you don't when you act like you don't need these things. It's like when you just accept who you are, 
people are attracted to that. You know, yeah. you don't need to like do things to get approval. I don't need to make money to like have people like me. I don't need to be funny to have people like me. I don't need to hook up with five girls a week to be able to brag about it to have guys like me. Mm -hmm. I accept who I am and it attracts the right people in your life. Mm -hmm. Not these fake friends who are just gonna like discount you when you do one wrong thing or something. Yeah. It's gonna attract a, a core group of anchor relationships that are there for you no matter what. Yeah. So. I'm gonna go first. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man. So, but Lewis, man, um, gosh, that, all the things that you've shared, just the, this entire episode, I just, I'm really excited about the conversation. Definitely gonna hit you about that. Yeah, for sure. I'm, yeah. I'm more excited about just how this is really gonna supernaturally transform the lives of some people because so many people have never heard this before, mm -hmm. and so many people literally have. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of pain. Yeah, trauma been, built up. They've been bottling up and they haven't said a word, mm. not even a word to anybody. And, and even more so, I, you know, my girlfriend's a doctor of physical therapy, so she works with clients all the time. Yeah. And she'll get them on the table, you know, to do rehab on something. And a lot of this pain that we hold on to is manifested through emotions. Mm. <clears throat> the emotional pain and trauma we hold to, onto manifests in our bodies, I should mm. say. And it's what's causing a lot of our pain mm. and a lack of like range of motion and our injuries. Yeah. Mm. So the emotional trauma we hold on to affects us physically. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> and she'll say like once she gets people to start, she's almost like a therapist. Yeah. But once they start opening up about any type of like even little trauma of the week, the emotional trauma they're facing, mm. it's like they start to relax and the pain goes away. Mm. Mm. So it's yeah. deeper than just like yeah. the emotional side of things. It's like connected to our body too. Wow. I had three ACLs surgery, so <laughs> there you <Yeah>. go. <laughs> so for the people that want to reach out to you, that yeah. want to send you a message, one of the biggest things on our show is that people love reaching out. They love showing love and support to the people who come on the show. Where can yeah. they reach, you, reach, uh, reach me, out to you? Yeah, send me a DM on Instagram, at Lewis House, yeah. or my website, lewishouse.com. That's awesome. Yeah. Anything, anything you had for Lewis? And School of Greatness, if you want to learn more. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let me tell them about sorry, the podcast, sorry. Lewis. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I mean, School of Greatness podcast is... Uh, you know, one of the top 100 shows in the world. And yeah, talk we, that ish, man. Yeah, talk that ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not that I'm trying to impress you. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm looking for validation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, we, you know, we do conversations like this as well, where I'm interviewing some of the most inspiring people in the world and letting them open up about these things. So yeah. if you want more, check it out. Yes, I love it. I love, love it. I love it. So, man, I'm excited about it, man. Nervous about the conversation, but I know it's good because yeah. like, it's going to just only lead to more healing. Absolutely. And if we're going to, if we're going to want to inspire the world to be, to have change, but to start with our own lives. So yep. we can't tell people to do something that we're not doing ourselves. Exactly. There you go. Um, so just, man, guys, please, please reach out to Lewis, guys. As always, you know how we get down. I, yep. I love it when you guys reach out to the people who come on the show, encourage them, uplift them, tell them about the podcast, yep. tell them about what stood out to you and benefited your life. Mm, mm, mm. And, Chris. Yes. Don't give me a message. Like <laughs> I, I love he you. always does this. I love you. You're <laughs> yes, amazing. Love You're an you awesome too, guy. You know, yeah. I'm a big fan of you. you know? I'm a big fan of you, man. So I just, I just want you to know that. That you are, that you're amazing, you're loved. You are too. Stop it. <laughs> this, this bromance, you, you always do this. You gotta learn to receive. Yeah. It. See, the joker comes out in you where you get uncomfortable <laughs> and you start making sound like little fox sounds. <laughs> you start doing those things Flat as opposed down. to receiving. And this is something that this is actually really beautiful that you guys are doing. This. Like, 
And it doesn't have to be some like super lovey-dovey thing, but yeah. it's really actually beautiful because at the end of every one of my interviews, I acknowledge people. Mm. I acknowledge them for the gift they are in the yeah. world and yeah. for what I saw in them in that hour. And some people are really uncomfortable, even for just like a 20-second like acknowledgement. Yeah. But it's one of the greatest things that we can give to someone is acknowledgement. And it's one of the things we all want is acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. So the thing you want the most, you're actually rejecting right now. Oh my God. <laughs> and Lewis, you know, I get it. The thing, you know, the, the thing we seek is approval the most, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And no one gives it to us until we die. Mm -hmm. Then everyone gives it to us when we can no longer hear it. Yeah, yeah. So why not share more acknowledgement throughout our everyday life? And that's the way I've tried to create my life is like through acknowledgement. And learning how to receive is not easy. It's easier to give. Yeah, it's really, yeah. It's hard to sit there and like take it, man. You, you're amazing. I love you. Like you're doing great work. It's hard to receive that sometimes. Yeah. Because you have to accept everything within yourself. So mm. try one more time. Go ahead. <laughs> what is no, happening? One more time. One more time. You have to look at him. You don't. You don't you're, have to. But you're awesome. You're loved. And you're doing great things, and you you're a great man, and you'll continue to be great, and you're gonna make a supernatural change in this world. Thank you. That's great. That's great. <laughs> I, think I, did I feel like we're like in couples therapy. That's what I'm saying. Like, what's happening? Like, how did this switch? Like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> but yeah. So, thank you, Lewis. Really yes, appreciate yes. it, guys. Make sure you guys reach out. As as I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's your boy Hafiz. Chris is starting the show, baby. And we are joined by Lewis House. And yes, we are sir. roommates, guys. Make sure you comment, 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 share, reach out to Lewis. Let him know what about the podcast is out to you guys. Thank you so much for your support uh, as usual. We love you guys. You guys are amazing. We had a roommates and. Yes, sir. We're out. <laughs>